0: Greetings. Welcome to The Money Script Podcast. I'm your host, Johanse Harrison, financial advisor and financial literacy educator. In each episode, you'll hear incredible interviews and get tips and strategies that you can implement into your daily life to help you improve your money script and grow your wealth. Thank you for taking some time with me today. Let's get into this episode of The Money Script. Welcome back to the Money Script Podcast. So happy to have you here with me again today. It's been a very interesting day. We're we're doing a bonus episode, uh, really just because of of a lot of the the questions and and comments that we've been getting regarding the market today. Now, I know typically I don't like to 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 date these episodes too often. I want to have information that's there for you that's timeless that you can refer back to when you have questions about your money, essentially. Just because this isn't the last time that this is going to happen. So in in case you you haven't turned on today's news uh, or you haven't uh, opened your phone or or um, uh, seen a newspaper. But in case you missed it, uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped today by over a thousand points. And um, and so that had headlines captured headlines today. I, I had I had people reaching out to me that don't even have money in the stock market. Asking about, should they be worried about the stock market? Um, and uh, the short answer is no, <laughs> you're not in it. Even if you are in it, you probably shouldn't be worried either. And, and we're going to talk about that. So what what I want to do is is to give everyone just some perspective of what they should be thinking about when it comes to their accounts, how they should be or if they should be doing anything. Some things that they need to to look out for and be aware of and, and just just how to keep a level Head at times like these, because right now all you're seeing, if you, you know, if you were to go to turn on CNBC or CNN or whatever your news choice is, even Fox News, doesn't matter where you go. If you turn on the news today, tomorrow morning, uh, the headlines are going to say something like stocks plunged, stocks plummeted, the bear market is here, uh, markets collapse, it is a recession coming What's going on with your money it's it's a whole lot of scare tactics you know if it, if it bleeds it leads and and uh I think it's i recall uh in French class, I think we called it uh hold on how did it go it was juste no juste de la fond du monde I think that's right somebody out there speaks French Did I get that right juste la fond du monde I believe that means it's just the end of the world and and that's what what the news wants you to think. Uh, because that's how they get you to continue to pay attention. Very rarely is the, is the news filled with good stories of the day. Um, more often than not, it's filled with what's not going well. And when the stock market drops by a thousand points, oh, my gosh, a thousand points. That's a lot. It's, it's enough to to get people to pay attention. But but again, let, let's put that in perspective, because when they say the stock market dropped a thousand points, what, what are they talking about? What, what's the stock market? Well, the one that dropped a thousand points actually refers to the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is a collection of 30 companies that Dow Jones has deemed worthy to be listed in the the industrial average or output for the United States. Uh, I can't name the companies that are in there off the top of my head because it's, it's very late as I'm doing this recording. But if you want to figure out what they are, just Google Dow 30 and figure out what those companies are. And that's the companies that it's tracking. And there's an there's a algorithm that it uses based on the size of the company and what percentage it has of the Dow 30. And then it's tracking the, the price of that cumulative bunch of stocks. So those stocks today went down 1,000 points. The final price of the Dow Jones today uh, they ended at $27,960. But that's just for those 30 companies. I mean, it doesn't mean that every company... And the entire stock market was down. So you got to be careful when you hear the words "the stock market was down," the stock market crash. Well, no, they're just talking about the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Another average that they may be referring to is the S and P five hundred, which I mentioned on our last show. It's it's a collection of the five hundred largest companies, uh, largest publicly traded companies in the United States. I could name some of those because they're pretty easy. You know, Apple, Caterpillar, Walmart. There's more. 400, some more of them. Uh, Those companies today, just today, went down about 300 points. But again, that's just those 500 companies. There's lots of other publicly traded companies. So you have to to take that with a grain of salt. And unless you own just the Dow or just the S&P 500, what you experience might have been a little bit different. Uh, For instance, if you owned a stock like PayPal or Apple or Amazon, I think today those stocks were down over 4%. Meaning if on Friday you put $10,000 in, today you have 4% less. Somebody do the math on that. Uh, but you have 4% less than $9,600, which, yeah, I mean, that, that's, I mean, $400 is, is a reasonable amount of money, but but you have to remember, why are you investing? Why are you putting money, why are you in taking your hard-earned money and investing in these companies, investing in these indexes, investing in these funds, it's not because of what the value would be tomorrow. So, so what I'd like to, to do is, is give you some different ways to think about this because psychologically, I'm no doctor here, but psychologically, I've done the reading. Our brains can't really tell the difference between a bear in the woods and a bear market because both are terrifying. I know if I was walking through the woods, which I don't do often, but if I were in the woods and I was walking, and all of a sudden I saw a bear, I would be terrified. I would immediately result to fight or flight reaction, meaning either I'm going to run away from this bear or I'm going to fight this bear. More than likely, I'm lacing up my shoes and and we're going for a run. And I hope that I can outrun the bear. Actually, they say you're not supposed to run from the bear. I forgot where I read or heard that. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I hear you're not supposed to run unless it's charging at you or something i don't know you're supposed to just be still and and hopefully it just walks on by you Uh, i could be totally wrong about that but what i do know is that when you approach when you see a bear market the last thing you should do is run if anything if you're a long-term investor you should actually run towards this bear but again psychologically our brains don't know the difference a bear market is just as scary it gives the same emotional response as a bear in the woods, which is typically fear, run, or if I don't do something, I'm going to die. And I'm here to tell you that if you, if we're talking about your stock market, your, your excuse me, your stocks and your investment portfolio, not doing something doesn't mean death. Not running does not mean death. So think about it this way: let's say that you had a Sandwich shop. You decided to take your hard-earned money. You saved up a bunch of money, and let's say you bought a sandwich shop. And let's say you paid a hundred thousand dollars for this sandwich shop, or fifty thousand. Pick your number; it doesn't matter. You you pay for this sandwich shop, and that sandwich shop is making sandwiches every day. You're in a nice prime location. You've got lots of businesses around you. People come to you for lunch. And they're like, "Oh, I want a sandwich," and of course they want a sandwich. It's a sandwich shop, so you're selling sandwiches. And let's assume in this sandwich shop, let's say day. You know, the first first week of business, you're selling on average about 3,000 sandwiches a day. The next week, you're selling about 3,100 a day. And it's more than enough money. You're making, you're paying your employees. You're able to buy new inventory and have some money left over. Let's just say, let's say you're pocketing 500 bucks a, uh, a week off of selling those sandwiches. That's what you're taking home after all the expenses are paid. Not bad. And by the way, you don't have to work at the store. Other people work at it. You just own it. So the next week it's 3,300 and all of a sudden you get to today and today you only sell 3,000 sandwiches. (gasps) Oh no. You lost 10% of your sandwich business. You didn't sell 3,300 sandwiches a day. You only sold 3,000. What are you going to do? Are you going to immediately go back to the broker you bought it from and say, you sold me a bad sandwich shop? I was selling 3,300 sandwiches a day for a week, and today I sold 3,000. I want to sell this sandwich shop. It's a piece of crap. Are you going to put the for sale sign on the door? Are you going to lay off all your employees? Are you going to make a bunch of drastic changes in how you run that sandwich shop? No, you're not. You're not going to do anything but open the next day and hope that you sell 3,300 sandwiches instead of just 3,000. So then why, if you made the same investment into the S&P 500, which not too long ago was $3,000 and today was, you know, or uh, on Friday of last week, it was what, $3,300. I don't know. i try tried to get these numbers for you guys. But it's a lot of numbers. It They don't matter at the end of the day. What matters is being a long-term investor. Because the S&P might have been. last week and today is $3,200. It doesn't mean that you have to sell the sandwich shop. If anything, you might say, hmm, I could invest some more money into my sandwich shop at this point. We'll get to that a little bit later. The point that I'm making to you is at times like this, we have to remember to be long term investors. We don't purchase stocks and ETFs and mutual funds and things of that nature, we don't purchase them for what the value can be seven days or 10 days or seven months or 10 months from today. We purchase for the value it can be seven to 10 years or more from today. And a lot of my listeners have heard me tell this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. The real enemy here when it comes to your money is purchasing power. If you can't maintain your purchasing power over time, you are in, in a sense, losing money. Not really, because you still have money. You just can't buy as much stuff with it. When I was a young man, let's call it. 30 years ago, I would wake up early on Saturday morning. And I would take the lawnmower and my gas can and I'd go around to the neighbor to, to, the, to some of the neighbor's homes and I would cut their grass and, you know, trim their bushes, things of that nature. And I'd go to the next house. I would start this process at like 5 o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning. By the time the sun was high in the sky, mind you, I'm from North Carolina, middle of the summer. It's hot. I wanted to be done, if I could, by 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon at best. Usually, I, by then, I'd cut at least 3 or 4 yards. And I'd have anywhere between, let's call it 60 $80 in my pocket. Didn't get a lot of money for cutting grass back then, but hey... It was a summer job. I was 12. What do you want? I could take that $80 back in 1992 and I could go to the gas station around the corner and I could fill up my, my gas can that I use to cut grass. I could fill up that gas can and I would spend on average 75 to 80 cents a gallon on that gas. What is the price of gas in your neighborhood right now? When I would get done cutting, when I, excuse me, when I get done getting that gas, I would typically go to the barbershop on a Saturday, at least every other week, I'd go to the barbershop. I'd sit down in the barber chair and I would pay that barber $8 for a haircut. I don't know what you paid for your last haircut, but I doubt it was $8. I know I can't get out of the barbershop without spending at least $35 today. I would also take a little bit of that money and I'd. Buy some snacks, things of that nature. The bottom line is I would come home only spending maybe $15. Now I've got a haircut. I've bought some food. I've bought some gas. I'm doing good. And I'd still have money in my pocket. Maybe I'd go to a movie later on that day and maybe I'd spend $5, $5 $5.50 to see a non-matinee movie at the brand new stadium theater. I don't know many people that can see a movie for five fifty unless it's you know five dollar Tuesday or something. But my point is, is that today it costs a lot more money to do those same things, and that is why we invest because there's that ever decreasing or eroding purchasing power of the dollars that we have. So we want to go out and get returns that are greater than that, especially in money that we don't need till a long t- time from now. But when we do that, we have to also be OK with the fact that some days are going to be like today. Sometimes you're going to see where your favorite stock is going to drop by 5 percent, 10 percent, sometimes even worse. Or the ETF or the fund, whatever you have, you to see that goes down. That creates opportunity. If you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to our last episode. I'll tell you about how it's like just buying milk on sale. So anyways, again, just want to put some things in perspective As we move throughout this week, because who knows what tomorrow's going to be like? I could probably do another bonus episode tomorrow because things have gotten so crazy. But but the things to remember is that we've been in this bull market. Bull market, meaning prices of the the prices of stocks and the major indexes have continued to increase or go up year after year. uh, For over 10 years. We typically have a recession. Meaning when a recession and a bear and or bear market. Um, Every four to seven years. So we're long overdue. And these things are going to happen. They go up, they go down, they go up, they go down. But over time, long term, what I have noticed in my lifetime and when I study history is that they continue to go up. Just like the price of my haircut, the price of gas, the price of food, cost of living, it continues to increase over time. I don't see that stopping anytime soon. So when you think about your portfolio, the first thing I want you to do, and we give you a, a few quick tips here as we wrap up. Number one, continue to think long term. Like I said earlier, inflation's two to three percent. You want your money to be able to beat inflation. And I think in most cases you can beat it three times over, meaning you can get long term returns of eight to ten percent. I've seen people do it in my lifetime and people I've met that did it before I was even around. It, it it works you just have to stay invested so think long term okay also now's a great time to assess what your loss tolerance is sometimes especially for those of you that own individual stocks we get attached to the price of yesterday or price of today rather meaning you may let's say you buy a stock for for $20 and then it goes up to 50 and you're feeling good you've you've made two and a half times your money or whatever the number is. You've made a lot of money. You're like, oh, my $1,000 is now worth 2500 This is awesome. And the stock is now $50 a share. Sometimes we'll get attached to that $50 a share. We feel like we deserve that $50 a share. That $50 is mine. It's $50 because I invested in it. But no, it's it's just $50 today. Tomorrow it could be worth 45 Does that mean it's a bad company? No, they just didn't sell that many sandwiches. Pun intended. Okay, so so be careful getting attached to the latest and greatest price of the stock. And remember, go back to number one, continue to to think long term. The other thing to consider when when it comes to that, that that loss tolerance is, you know, if if you if you can't take the heat, just get, get out of the kitchen. You know, maybe you need a more conservative portfolio. However. If you're finding that you're having to reduce the risk tolerance on your portfolio, that's also going to reduce the amount of wealth that you're going to have in the future based on your your plan on your investment plan. So you, you want to look back at your plan and say, OK, what rate of return do I need to receive on this money in order to get the goal that I have in mind? Maybe you don't need to get an eight to 10 percent rate of return over the next 10 years. Maybe you only need a four or 5 percent rate of return. And if that's the case. You probably don't need to be participating in the markets to the extent that you are right now, which means you, like I said, you can afford to take a little bit less risk. So if you find yourself getting really emotional about what the market's doing, take a step back and say, wait, am I investing for my goals or I'm investing just because of how I was told to invest, figure out if what you're doing is actually going to help you reach your goals long-term finding out if it does your portfolio match your goals. And then last but not least, This is an opportunity, especially for my new investors. If you're a new investor out there and you haven't purchased your first stock or you haven't purchased your first mutual fund or ETF, the same mutual fund or ETF that last week people were paying almost 10 percent more for. costs 10 percent less today. Now, I'm not telling you that it's not going to go down by another 10 percent, because the truth is I don't know. What I am telling you is that it costs less today than it was last week. It goes back to that old adage, when is the best time to plant a tree? Well, about 10 years ago, but if you got some time, do it today. Especially if you want to have some shade in the future. That tree is going to need some time to grow. It's the same thing with your money. If you want it to provide this provide a resource for you in the future, it's going to need some time to grow. So, the questions continue to come in, and and I know there's going to be more, especially if we can continue to experience this level of volatility. Just know that this is normal. This is normal. They just make it sound worse than it is because the numbers are bigger. I did do the research. Before I go, let me share this with you. I wrote this down for you guys. I want to share it with all of you. Um, so we're going to talk about the Dow specifically. Today, the Dow was down, I think it was around 4%. I don't think I wrote down the exact number for today, but I think it was about 4%. The Dow was down 4% today. In 2018, there was a day in 2018, uh, February 5th, 2018, it also dropped 4.6%. So this isn't the first time the Dow's dropped by 1,000 points. That happened just two years ago. How quickly we forget. As a matter of fact, it happened twice in the month of February of 2018. We had a negative 1,175 and a negative 1,032. Back then, let's see, on the 1175, the Dow closed at 24,345. Today, it closed at 27,960. So even with that downturn, even though we lost 1,000 points two days in February 2018. It's still worth over 3000 more today. That's more than a 10% growth over those past two years. That's the point I'm trying to help everyone understand today really doesn't matter when we're looking long term. I have one more just to drive this point home. 2008 was the last recession. We haven't seen a recession since 2008, nine, 2008. The Dow dropped 733 points or almost 7.8% back in 2008. But back then, the Dow was only worth 8,500. Today, it's 27,000. That's three times, almost four, three and a half. It's a lot. Let's just leave it at that. It's a lot. Okay, so don't get too bent out of shape. These days are going to happen stay long-term reassess your loss tolerance, not risk tolerance, loss tolerance. How much are you okay with losing? Figure out how your investment portfolio fits into your financial plan. And by all means, like I said before, this is an opportunity. Take advantage. Can't wait to hear more of your questions. Uh, we'll have another interview up for you guys later this week, but I wanted to just hop in and make sure everyone is, um, It's not freaking out because now is not the time to freak out. It's an opportunity. So go out there and seize the moment. Let me know what questions you have. And of course, if you want to get some help directly from me, you know how to reach me. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Money Script. And I will talk to all of you soon. Thanks for joining us on The Money Script podcast. Be sure to check out our other episodes, subscribe, follow, and give us five stars. Continue to send your financial questions on Twitter or Instagram at The Money Script. Go to moneyscriptwealth.com and schedule your complimentary consultation to discuss your specific goals and concerns. Financial advisory and investment management services are offered by Money Script Wealth Management PLLC, a registered investment advisory firm registered in the state of Texas and California and other states where exempt. The Money Script LLC the the MoneyScript Wealth Management PLLC and guests of the episode may have interest in the investments mentioned today. The opinions and views are expressed here or for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation for any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a significant loss of principle. The MoneyScript nor MoneyScript Wealth Management offer tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax advisor or attorney for specific advice about your situation. Until next time.